what does it mean for us to follow Jesus and to um, learn from him and to follow him in his example of what he did for life? And so, yeah, we are in our sermon series that we have titled With Jesus, and we have based that um, loosely on the book that was written by Adam Hamilton called The Walk. And so we've already looked at worship and at studying scripture, and today we are going to be looking at service. Um, and the, the word serve or serving, service, shows up more than a thousand times in the Bible. So there are a lot of places that we could be going to look this morning and to read and to consider together. The place that I want us to focus our attention on this morning is um, Romans chapter 12. Um, Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Um, I'm going to read those to you right now. And it says in Romans chapter 12, uh, I urge you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So I, when I was thinking about service and what I want us to focus on this morning in thinking about service is, what does it mean to be a living sacrifice? Uh, that's what Paul is talking about in this letter that he wrote. He says that he wants us to be, a, or he wanted the people he was writing the letter to, to be a living sacrifice. So what does that actually mean? Um, and so to start answering that question, we can start just by looking at the verse um, it, itself. And, and Paul is saying, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. So when we think of a living sacrifice, the first thing um, that we can think about is that we offer our bodies, right? Following Jesus um, is not just an intellectual thing that we're doing. This is not a belief um, only that we are espousing. Um, it's not an awareness that we come to embrace. Um, it is also necessarily involving the whole of who we are. It involves our physical bodies. Um, our bodies are the way that we engage with people in relationships. Our bodies are the ways that we navigate life and the world. Um, it's, you know, our eating and our sleeping and our talking. It's, it's where we go and what we do. Um, and so when Paul is saying, I want you to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, he's talking about the everyday stuff that we're doing just in life, how you navigate the world, right? This is how, how we treat our families and our friends. Um, it's, you know, all of the stuff that encompasses just normal everyday activities, how we love and serve each other. And so he says, I want you to offer these everyday experiences, this everyday stuff of your life that you're doing, how you're interacting with people in relationships, how you're serving one another. I want you to, to put that before the Lord and to offer that to him as a sacrifice. So um, I just want to say a word about sacrifices, because when I was thinking about that this week, I thought, you know, that's actually not something that we are super familiar with here in 2020 in the United States in terms of sacrifice. But if you lived in the first century in Rome, this would have been something that you were very familiar with, um, this concept and, and reality of sacrifice. It was a part of their daily lives. Um, many of the people who lived in Rome in the first century were polytheistic. They worshiped many gods. And um, 
one of the things that they did to worship these gods, to appease the gods really, was to offer them sacrifices. And this was in a way a bartering um, that they were doing where they were you know, trying to get the gods to maybe give them good crops or fertility or whatever. And so they would offer these sacrifices um, to the gods. Um, and not only did this happen in temples and in large gatherings, but people, most people who, who worshiped like this would have their um, own idols in their houses. They had these household deities that would be in their homes and they would make daily offerings to these deities. Um, those offerings were usually in the form of burning incense or offering wine or food, but then communities would gather together and they would collectively offer an animal sacrifice to these household deities. Um, so sacrifice was happening a lot, and it was happening not only in worship, but it was happening in, um, in their cultures as well. It was happening like in politics. So there were times where people um, who would serve people, they would take an oath, you know, to, um, to serve the people and to uphold the duties. And part of their ceremony of swearing in would, be, would include an animal sacrifice. Right. Can you imagine if we did that here today, right? Every time one of our public officials was elected into office and they had a, a swearing in ceremony that we'd have an altar, right? And we'd just like bring in the calf or, or um, you know, the bull or whatever. Like this was a normal thing that would have been a part of their cultures and their everyday experience. Um, and it was a multi-sensory thing. So it would have involved a lot, like they would have not only seen the animals who were um, being slaughtered, but but they would have heard the animals um, and they would have smelled the animals as uh, their blood was drained and they were burned on the altar. So it would have been multi-sensory. Um, I was reading one commentary about this and it suggested that the people who first got this letter from Paul who were living in Rome, that all of them would have not only been very familiar with the idea of um, sacrifice in their culture, but that all of them, um, this person thought all of them would have stood beside an altar at some point and participated in or been up close and personal with um, an animal that was being sacrificed. So when Paul says, right, I want you to be the sacrifice, this would have been very strong imagery for them. This would have been something that would have been very clear, like what he was talking about oh, I'm the sacrifice, right? I want you to be a sacrifice. Um, but he says, I want you to be a living sacrifice. The sacrifice that, that um, we are wanting you to do is not in response to an angry God that you're trying to appease. This is in response to the mercies of God because God is so good, because he's loved us so much, because he's merciful. I, I'm urging you, I want you to offer your bodies, your lives, your everyday interactions, the way you navigate the world and your relationships. Offer that to the Lord, right? Lay that before him um, because what we do with our lives and with our bodies um, is the, the sacrifice um, that, that Jesus is wanting for us, right? We are um, a living sacrifice. And in that, what we're trying to do is to imitate the service of Jesus, right? The way that Jesus interacted in the world, so much of Jesus's life and ministry was oriented around service. When you look at what Jesus did, so much of it was, um, you know, he was preaching the gospel. And so he was teaching, he was healing the sick, he was casting out demons, he was washing people's feet. In his interactions, as he was going about his life, he would encounter people 
and he would serve them and, and he would be merciful to them. And so this invitation for us to engage, not just with our minds, not just with what we believe, not, not only do you think that Jesus is Lord, but because he is Lord, because of his mercies to us, there is an invitation for us to engage with our lives, our physical lives, um, to serve other people in the same way that Jesus did. Um, this week, one of the things that I have been doing is to start a new team that we have called the Barnabas team. And um, in, in part, we don't really even know what we're going to be doing on the Barnabas team. Um, but we, what we know is that we are facing a pandemic. And so we don't know how that's going to show up in our community here at South Park Church or in our city. Um, but we have been watching how it's impacted other places. And so we are trying to prepare now to love our neighbors well and to be set up to serve people. And so we are getting a list of people together and the idea is that there will be um, people who maybe have a need and then we'll match them with people who say, I wanna meet a need. And so um, we announced this as an idea of something that we wanted to do on Wednesday. And I'm telling you guys, as soon as that email hit your inboxes, my inbox started getting dings of people who were responding and saying, sign me up, right? I want to be on that list. I don't, I don't even know what it'll be. I don't know what people will want, but here's my body. I want to offer it to help people in whatever way that I can, right? This is an example of what it is to be a living sacrifice. Um, I also had some people who responded and said, you know, I can't physically go out and do things, but I want to help. Can I make phone calls? You know, can, can I help in some way from where I am right now? Right, people who are saying, here I am. I want to serve and I want to help and I want to come alongside people. You know, and this is happening at a time when, gosh, you know, there are people who are fighting over rolls of toilet paper right now at grocery stores, right? Like it's madness and people are really turning inward because that's our, our natural inclination would be to turn inward, to self-protect, to look at our own families, our immediate surroundings and to say, how do we guard this thing that is mine? And what we have right now in our own church community um, and beyond, we're seeing these stories pop up of people saying, here I am send me, how can I help? What can I do, right? This is the idea of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice in response to the mercies of God. Because he's been so merciful to us, we want to be merciful to other people and we want to care for other people um, and to surround them with goodness um, and love. So being a living sacrifice starts with our bodies, with offering our bodies. Um, our actual lives, our actual interactions, our, our actual um, relationships with people. Um, and then the next thing that when we think, what is a living sacrifice? It, it means involving our lives. And it's also a decision to actually offer ourselves. So when we look at um, this verse, Paul says he wants us to offer our bodies as a reasonable service of worship a reasonable service of worship, okay? So offering our bodies is a reasonable thing that we're doing. And that doesn't really mean like, hey, this seems reasonable, you know, or that's not reasonable. Um, actually, the, the Greek word that's used here is something that is, um, it is actually like rational, 
It's a reasoned thing. It is able to be reasoned. And so it's set up as a contrast to the animals who are led to be a sacrifice that don't have any reasoning, right? They're not thinking about whether or not they're going to offer themselves. They are being led to be an offering, to be a sacrifice. And Paul is saying, this is a reasonable thing that we're doing, that we are people who are this is a thought through thing, right? We are using our minds and our intelligence and we are considering the reality that we want to follow Jesus. And so this is a reasoned thing that we're doing, that we're saying, I want to step into this place to serve other people. I want to love people in the way that Jesus has loved people, right? In our everyday living. And we're doing this not because we're being forced to, not because we're being taken advantage of against our will, um, not because God is angry and we think he's going to throw lightning bolts down from heaven at us if we don't, right? This is a reasoned thing that we're thinking through. We are looking at the life of Jesus and the way that he loved people. And we're saying, I want to do that too, right? I want to follow Jesus in that way. Um, and so Paul is saying, right, I want you to offer your lives, your everyday stuff as an offering to the Lord. And this is a reasonable thing that you're that we are able to do. Um, I have a friend of mine who is um, one of my really great friends, and she's a pastor. And I have learned more about service from her than perhaps anyone else. Um, watching her love people and serve people has been inspiring and challenging. Um, and I've learned a lot from her. I remember the first time that I was astonished by her and her service. And I was in her church building in the kitchen um, at her church, and they have this cupboard that was labeled um, pastor's pantry, and it was full of food. And, um, and I said, oh, you know, is this something that you have to give out food? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, you know, how do you distribute it? And she was like, well, what do you mean? She was like, when people need something, they come and get it. And I said, well, when is it open? Like, what are the hours? Like, who's here handing out the food? And she was like, it's, it's open. Like, whenever, whenever we're in the building, whenever it's, un it's always unlocked, like the pantry is always available, people can come and get it. And I was like, like, I felt my heart sort of start to race. And I was like, yeah, but who's like guarding the food? And she's like, guarding the food from the hungry people? Uh, you know, I, I, so I was like, oh, like, I didn't actually say it quite as um, horribly as it actually was showing up in my heart, I think. But the reality is I was like, well, wait, I said, aren't, uh, the thing I asked is, aren't you worried that people might take advantage of it? Aren't you worried that people will take advantage of you? And she said, you can't take advantage of something that's freely offered. And she was like, I I'm freely offering this. And if somebody comes and takes it, then I guess we'll buy more food and we'll replenish it. And I, I just sat and I was listening to her and she said, you know, when Jesus healed the man um, who was blind, she said, scripture doesn't record him asking, what are you going to look at with those eyes after I heal them? And she was like, I don't know that, you know, that responsibility is between somebody else and the Lord. She was like, my responsibility is between me and the Lord and what he's called me to do. And he's called me to be generous and to feed the hungry. And this is, this is what we're doing. Um, and I was still panicked. <laughs> and sometimes I honestly still think, oh, you know, the organizer in me and, and the one who wants to turn inward, right? This is what we do. We turn, we, we want to protect things, right? Protect the food from the hungry people. Um, but, but there's something in us 
that it's not natural to serve to a point of pain, to serve to a point of sacrifice, right? My sacrifice, the things that I tend to, to give easily are things that are probably dead anyway, you know, things that don't cost me very much. But, but to this thought of being a living sacrifice of, of a reasoned offering of thinking through, yeah, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna step into a place of caring for other people. Um, and you know, this, this is what I'm doing. I am offering my body and this is my commitment. Um, this is what it is to be a living sacrifice. And, and one of the other things in watching her is I have realized that the next thing that this verse says is true is that it is so worshipful. Um, Paul says that he wants us to offer or wanted them to offer their bodies as a living sacrifice, as a reasonable service of worship, as a reasonable service of worship, right? Offering our bodies, offering our interactions, our relationships, the way we do this is honoring to the Lord. This is a way that we worship. And this is something that is really encouraging to us and can be very encouraging to us right now as we are physically separated from each other and we can't do some of the things that we're accustomed to doing in our worship. You know, we're, we are accustomed to gathering together and to do certain things to, to honor God together. And some of those things we can't do right now. And, and so it's encouraging for us to think about this verse that's saying, the way that we are responding, right? The way that we are offering ourselves as a living sacrifice is worshipful to God. Um, one of the commentaries, uh, a different one that I was reading about this, it actually said that for them, being a living sacrifice was like their temple worship. And I thought, oh, right, right? These people were probably receiving this letter in a house church, but, but that would have been new to them right? We're, we're kind of having church in our own houses right now. And this is kind of new to us, but, but they wouldn't have been recently, up until recently, they wouldn't have been meeting in people's homes um, because that didn't start happening until Jesus's death and resurrection, right? Before that, if they were Jewish people, they would have been worshiping in a temple. And if, if these were the Gentile pagan people, they would have been worshiping whatever other gods in, in temples. They would have had rites and rituals and traditions and ways that they were accustomed to worshiping the Lord. And so this reminder of Paul saying, actually, this way that you're offering to follow Jesus, this way of interacting in your everyday lives, this is worshipful, right? This is your right. This is your ritual. This is something that you are doing right now that is worshipful to God. And so it might have felt really different to them, um, and it might feel different to us, but we can recognize that this is another way that we are worshiping and honoring God by what we do with our relationships with each other and how we're responding to a world in need, how we're responding to our neighbors, you know, on our street, um, are there elderly people nearby that we can check on and all, all of these things, right? That is worship to the Lord. Um, and it, it was really good for me, actually, that this is a verse that I was going to be teaching on today, um, because it, this verse was bouncing around in my head this week. And um, I, I um, was thinking so much about how we are transitioning from physically meeting together to meeting you know, virtually and doing that not only on a Sunday morning, but doing that in our small groups and for our Sunday school classes and all these things. And so I was working to say, okay, well, how are we going to do this? And how are we going to worship in this way? And, you know, how's, how's the singing going to go? Um, what are we going to do for this? And, 
And, and then I thought, oh, right. You know, yes, this is a way that we are virtually coming together to worship. And also the way that we are responding and offering our bodies as a living sacrifice is worship, right? We are worshiping. Our world has kind of gone differently this week and moving forward than it has before. Um, but, but friends, we can be encouraged, right? Because church isn't canceled because we are the church, right? They can't cancel us. <laughs> what is, what is that? We're not going to be canceled, right? Worship isn't canceled. Worship is included in lots of different things, lots of different ways. And this is one of the things that Paul is teaching us and reminding us is that actually offering ourselves as a living sacrifice is a reasonable service of worship to the Lord. This is part of how we can honor Jesus, right? In response to the mercies of God who has loved us, who is merciful to us, we can in turn be merciful to each other and we can offer our actual literal selves to do that for other people. Um, so we do that when, when we don't stay on the sidelines and when we don't just sit and, you know, not engage, right? There are ways for all of us to offer ourselves as a living sacrifice. And that'll look differently for each one of us. For some of us, um, offering our bodies as a living sacrifice means staying at home and not spreading germs, right? That, this is hard for a lot of us. Hello, extroverts who like to be out and about, right? I had to cancel lunches and coffee meetings this week, right? That, I am a living sacrifice, y'all, right? Like I'm joking, but not joking, right? Like there are things that are gonna cost us something and, and the cost will look different. Right? And we are able to do different things in different ways. So this is not a call to recklessness, but this is a call to say, hey, let's step in and love our neighbors in whatever way we can, because this is what it is to be a living sacrifice, right? In God's mercy or in response to God's mercy in our lives, right? We get to make a decision to worship him. So, um, you know, I wonder what that might look for you or what, what that might look like for you this week, right? I wonder what that might look like for me this week, right? How um, are we able to respond? I don't remember another time in life when there has been either so much need or a threat of so much and so many varied needs um, around the world. So, you know, right now, there are already people who have lost jobs and who are um, food insecure, who aren't sure how they're going to feed their kids. There are already right now people who are, are genuinely struggling with social distancing, right? I, I was joking about not having my coffees, but the reality is I've been talking to people who are really lonely and we're, we're early into this. Um, and, you know, people who are concerned will anyone remember me if we don't show up in a space together? You know, I wonder what it might look like for us in, in the coming days and weeks to step into some of these places and to offer ourselves, our relationships, um, to leverage whatever we can for, for other people. You know, the same people that are always vulnerable are especially vulnerable now. The, the people who are living on the edge of poverty all of the time or in poverty are especially vulnerable now. People who are already um, living immunocompromised lives are especially vulnerable now, right? People who don't have family nearby, who are living alone, they are especially vulnerable now. 
So when people, when we look around and say, where is their need, right? Where is there a gap that I can fill? Where is someone who is afraid or nervous or lonely or sick or, or in need of supplies of groceries, of, of toilet paper, you know? What could we do practically to love people the way that Jesus did? How can we follow the model that Jesus set in serving other people um, in his whole life, in his interactions, and sometimes at great cost? Um, because care and sacrifice and community are as vital now as they have ever been. And this is a really cool time for us to be able to do this um, individually and collectively as the church, right? To rise up and to be this example of goodness and life and light um, for people um, so that we can proclaim the name of Jesus um, boldly and broadly. And, you know, we have to remember that this doesn't come naturally. Um, this isn't something that just wells up in most people as a first response. I think that's why the next verse that followed said that, you know, we, we have to think about being um, transformed by the renewing of our minds. Because what we want is to be um, people who respond to God um, and to do the things that Jesus did and to respond in the way um, that, that Jesus would have responded. We don't, we don't want to follow just whatever everybody else is saying and doing. We want to be people who are intentionally and reasonably following in the footsteps of Jesus, right? This is a, a perfect season in Lent for us to be reflecting on the life of Jesus, on his sacrifice, on his service, on the way that he gave of himself for us. And to consider, right, that was the road that love took in Jesus. And what does it look like what does the road of love look like for us? What does it look like for us to model um, that kind of loving, that kind of serving, that kind of surrender and sacrifice? Um, so yeah, this week, that's my invitation and my hope and my challenge for us um, is to be a living sacrifice and to think of that in terms of offering our bodies, our actual relationships, our actual stuff, um, and in our bodies and in our commitments, um, making, making an intentional thought through purpose-filled decision um, in saying, how could we plan and map this out? And knowing that in doing that, we are worshiping. In responding to people, we are honoring the Lord. In remembering the mercy that Jesus showed to us by serving us, right, where he came not to be served, but to serve. Right? We get to model that. And in doing that, we are worshiping. Um, so that is my invitation to all of us this week as we think about with Jesus, as we think about service, um, what are the ways that we are invited to be a living sacrifice and how can we serve one another, serve our neighbors really well during this time? Um, so yeah, may, may that be true 